Okay, we're live. Hi, I'm Elliot Fishman, and welcome to uh, Thursday, September 14th. Um, this is going to be on organ transplants. Just a couple brief comments. First of all, I hope everybody's doing well. It's mid-September, though the weather has looked like mid-July or mid-August many places, and uh, I guess fortunately we didn't get another hurricane. So that part is, uh, is good. Uh, for everybody of the Jewish faith, I want to wish everybody this coming weekend is Rosh Hashanah, which is the beginning of the 10-day period that's the holiest in the Jewish calendar. It ends with 10 days with Yom Kippur. Whether you're Jewish or not, I want to wish you and your loved ones and your friends and everybody else a happy and healthy New Year. Okay, that's for everybody. Okay, now what about transplants? Transplants are one of the things that, going back a number of years, were rare. A few centers were doing them, results were okay. But over time, experience with surgery, experience with better medication to prevent transplant rejection, better preoperative care, postoperative care, better imaging for planning, all has made transplants almost routine. The biggest problem with transplants is lots of people need them. Think kidney and think liver. I guess you can think lung as well. But there aren't that many donators. So that's one of the challenges. Lots of work has been done in many research centers, particularly with kidneys, trying to look at can you have a different species? Can you have, uh, let's say, pig kidneys be transplanted? Can you build a, you know, we build all sorts of things, right? Can you build a, from de novo, can you build a kidney? None of these things are obviously easy, but, you know, it would save a lot of lives and would be very important if it could be done. So let's just talk about renal transplants today and how we do a renal transplant evaluation. Once there's a donor found, many lab tests, other things are done. Obviously, the person who's a potential donor needs to have a good match with the, uh, the patient who will get the kidney, whether it's a relative, a sibling, or just a friend or a stranger. What we do in terms of imaging is two things. One, look at the kidney and learn as much about the kidneys as you can. The second thing is just look at the rest of the scan, make sure we're not missing anything. Make sure there's nothing problematic in the liver or pancreas, spleen, periodic region, bowel, bone, you name it. So most of the patients, by the time they reach you for transplant evaluation as a donor, have had lots of lab work and things like that. So they are healthy patients. So it's going to be rare you're gonna find a problem but you need to look because sometimes you will. Now we look at the kidneys. Now remember, when you're taking a kidney from a patient, all things being equal, you would like to take the left kidney because it has a larger renal artery and vein, particularly the vein. It's easier to do the surgery laparoscopically than removing the right kidney. But, and this is a big but, the kidney you leave in the donor has to be the best kidney. You don't wanna have someone who donates a kidney and 10 years from now has a problem. So if there's stone disease present in one kidney, that's the kidney that will be donated. 
you're not going to leave a kidney behind that has stones. If you have cystic lesions, you want to leave the best kidney behind. If you then look at the vessels. Now, if you have younger donors, atherosclerotic disease is not going to be an issue, but we do see older donors. So you want to look at the arteries. Is there plaque present? Is there narrowing? Is there fibromuscular dysplasia? How many renal arteries are there? Many patients have multiple renal arteries. <clears throat> that can become very important, particularly at surgery. Where are the renal arteries? Are they next to each other or are they far apart? Sometimes you see a nice renal artery in the mid portion of the kidney, and then the second one is off the lower pole, literally very close to the common iliac artery, which can be problematic if you're doing laparoscopic surgery to reach it, particularly if you don't know about it. So you want to count the renal arteries, you want to localize them. So we do lots of 3D imaging. 3D is the best way to show the renal arteries and show their positioning. You also want to look at the main renal artery looking for the first branching. If it's less than two centimeters from its origin, it's called prehyalic branching, which can be problematic when it's too close to the aorta when you try to cross clamp. So that becomes important. And you want to look at both kidneys. So we're going to do 3D maps, volume rendering, and MIP to show the number of renal arteries, the length of the renal arteries, the size of the renal arteries, and position of the renal arteries. Then you go to the vein. How many veins are there? On the right side, it's one or two, occasionally three. I think that's shown better on the venous coronal, again, volume rendering and MIP work nicely. On the contralateral side, well, the left side, you can have occasionally more than one renal vein, but most of the time it's positioning we look at. Is it classic position extending anterior to the aorta and IBC? Or is it a retroaortic renal vein, goes behind the aorta? Or a circumaortic renal vein where it goes anterior and posterior to the aorta and then tracking to the IBC? So we need to know that, we need to show that because again, that's gonna be very important at time of surgery. Now, when you think about venous anatomy, we also will look for any stenosis, any webs. That's kind of unusual. It's really the variations that matter, and the surgeons can deal well with the variations as long as they know about them. We then do size of the kidney. Now, when you want to measure the length of a kidney, you don't want to do it on a coronal view because, you know, the kidney may be tilted. So you go to the sagittal view, and on the sagittal view, you take the maximum length of the kidney. So you can see renal length. Now, obviously, length alone is not the same thing as volume, right? Because you can have a short, stubby kidney that has a lot of cortex, or a long, thin kidney that has less cortex. We then do volumetrics. So we do some fancy volumetrics. There's a lot of different programs you could use. The one we have is very nice because we only do the volume of the cortex. We don't do the volume for example, a parapelvic cyst in the center of the kidney or the renal vein. If the kidney is a coffee bean, if you take the whole kidney, the volume, you can have a lot of fat, you can have vessels, cysts. What you want is the volume of the functioning cortex. So what we do is we calculate the volume of the functioning cortex for both kidneys. Now I will say that most of the time, the length and the volumes are pretty well correlated but not all the time, and that becomes very, very important. So for the surgeons, uh, planning you know, viability 
if you're going to remove a kidney, you need it to be removed safely, and the donor needs to be safe and live a long life, and you need a good transplant. Obviously, you need the match, you need all of those things, but you need to plan the surgery and make certain that uh, all goes well. Now, sometimes we do also evaluate the donor, I mean, not the donor, the recipient. Most of the time, the question with recipients are, particularly patients who have diabetes and bad vascular disease, is there too many calcifications present? You'd like to put the transplant in the right lower quadrant, but can you look and say, well, this iliac vessel is too stenotic, this could be a problem, maybe we'll do the contralateral side. So it's very important, uh, we, so we do lots of uh, potential transplant recipients, particularly when they're older and have known vascular disease. Now, we'll come back a different time, talk about the liver. Liver is very similar. You're doing CT to look at the hepatic artery, it's branching, accessory vessels. You wanna look at the hepatic veins and any variation. You wanna look at the portal vein and any variation. Again, 3D mapping, volumetrics for segmental analysis all become very important. So if you're doing transplant kidneys, keep up the great work. If you're not doing it, obviously it depends on your hospital and your hospital center, but if you're doing it, make sure you're doing the right protocol. And with that, I wish everybody a great day. And let me just check. I don't see anyone signed on to ask any questions. Well, people are signed on, but no one's asking any questions. But if you have any questions later, just email me or ask it on the site and we'll get back to you. Have a great day.